Sheila did 12 years in prison and actually got to hear me speak at one of the units I came to preach at. Me and Mike have been friends forever since high school. We played football together. He's helped me run Forgiven Felons for the last seven years. At one point, he was falsely accused of some horrendous crimes by his ex-wife and daughter. And both of them have had failed marriages and bad relational attempts. And God brought them together in a miraculous way. Now they're engaged and soon to be married. And today, we're going to do a background check on Sheila Stone and Michael Pugh. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Gum, and brought to you by Forgiven Felons, and it's good to be back. I can't believe I'm back. Uh, man, I, I hope you guys have missed episodes as much as I've been missed, you know, recording them and interviewing them. It's, uh, it's been a crazy last two, three, four months, and um, I'm hoping to get back into the swing of things and get you some weekly episodes going. First of all... Um, Happy New Year. How's your New Year going? Uh, your goals? Have you have you written any goals down? New Year's resolutions? You know, I know when I was in prison, I was in prison for three New Year's. And I made goals and uh, yearly goals and resolutions every year. Most of the ones in prison were either physical fitness goals and educational goals. So hopefully you guys have, um, you know, written some goals down for this year, 2022. No matter whether you're getting out this year, whether you're staying in uh, for a long time, it doesn't matter. You can choose to better yourself mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and physically, and relationally in so many ways. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't made any goals yet, it's not too late to start. we got 11 more months in the year to be a better version of yourself. So, man, it's good to be back. You know, I, I, whenever I'm doing a podcast and... I'm doing these, this part here and the final thoughts at the end. I, I envision just being there with you guys, talking to you face-to-face, one-on-one. And I love doing these interviews, and I got a good one for you today. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to a couple people, the last couple people that have written into the show. Uh, James Brockman, thank you for your letter, man. I'm going to tell Yuri that, uh, that, your, that your, ep uh, your letter, that episode, his episode impacted your life. He's going to be glad to hear that. So thank you for writing in to let us know. Hey, uh, and if you want to write us in, let us know. You know, uh, P.O. Box 4283, Forgiven Felons, Cedar Hill, Texas, C-E-D-A-R-H-I-L-L, -L, Texas 75106. That's the address for the ministry and the show. If you want to give us a shout out uh, to let us know what if, if this is impacting your life at all. Um thinking about doing some more educational stuff as well instead of just inspirational and motivational but uh thank you guys again for making this show what it is uh this show wouldn't be where it is without y'all pam perillo and my mom did y'all enjoy pam perillo's story man she's an amazing woman and that episode is just killing it uh no pun intended but um it's doing it's doing great so anyway it's good to be back back in the swing of things listen i got some personal goals but i also got some ministry goals for this year and, um, and we're excited. We're, we're actually looking at buildings now, and that's all we're doing, Find, you know, just hoping that God's going to manifest that, that spot for us. Uh, keep us in your prayers. We're running into some challenges with the city of Dallas, but I think we're in the process of getting some of those worked out, and, um, and we're, we're looking for a place for the resource center. So keep us in your prayers. Also, let's see who else wrote in. Uh, Jerry Babineau. Um, I know some of you guys are writing in asking for applications. Right now, we're at, we're at full capacity. We've been at full capacity, um, it, and we have a waiting list. So anybody new that's just now hearing the show and hearing about the transitional house, it's going to be tough to get in anytime soon because of 
our capacity level is just always at, at full throttle now and the waiting list is really long so I, my apologies i would love to have a ton more re-entry places and maybe we will one day but anyway so t february we're already second day of february uh is when i'm is when i'm recording this but when you're hearing it it's going to be what is friday friday's the fourth so it's february 4th so we're halfway through the first week of february and february is black history month but it's also love month and it's also my wife's birthday month she has a birthday on february 13th so happy birthday to my wife jessamy um january was a bunch of people's birthdays including mine turned 51 we celebrated my 50th since my uh 50th birthday last year included covid so couldn't celebrate so thank you for my to my wife and everybody who came to the party so i'm 51 this year on january 21st so anyway um so we got some good plans coming up for the for the show uh we got some interesting things this month we're going to do love stories and talk about black history so this particular episode here right now just two of my really good friends one i've known forever one i've known for the last two years and they're they're outside of my family they're just really two of the most special people to our family to me and um can't wait for you to hear the story now listen we're telling their love story so um we'll give some background about you know their personal story but each one of them we're going to do a, an episode on their own personal story uh later in the year but today we got their love story mike and sheila and uh it, it's it's a great episode so we'll see you at the end of the episode michael Pugh and sheila stone how are y'all doing? Doing good. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. <laughs> doing amazing. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. Did you know that's where you are right now? Yep. You're on the podcast. Woo, finally. We're, I know we're in your house, Sheila, but uh, you're on the podcast. And um, today's episode, guys, just, we're just going to have fun. Sheila, I've only known you for uh, what now? Two years? A little years? over two years. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I've known you forever, you know? Mike, I have known you forever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, and we're just going to have some fun today. Y'all's story of how y'all met is just incredible. I mean, I guess not how you met. It is how you met, but just the way God figured all this out, you know. And, um, you know, I tried to help him out. And he kept telling me to butt out. And uh, so there, I'm going to help some people, some people that think they're matchmakers. Um, that like to be involved in everything. Uh, I'm going to help some people today, you know, by telling them to butt out. You know, sometimes God just wants us to butt out because I might have screwed it up. If I'd have tried to introduce y'all, I might have screwed it up for y'all. So I'm glad I didn't, though. Me too. You guys are here. <laughs> you guys are engaged. Yes. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. So first of all, Mike, uh, you and I have known each other since high school. That's right. I think I was, uh, I think I was a, did you go there your junior and senior year? A sophomore, junior and senior. Sophomore. Okay. So I was uh when you were a sophomore, I was in eighth grade, so I didn't see you then. But once I got in high school, I was a freshman, you were a junior, and then I was a sophomore and you were a senior. So uh, we played football together. And, uh, and, and then all these years, you're back into my life. Tell, tell us how you came back that, that year. What was it? 2012 or 13? when you actually came back to Trinity mm -hmm. that one day, that one day you weren't coming there. I, I guess you just came there to, I don't know if you're trying to get a hold of me or what, but, or if I was just there on the day that you visited or whatever, but you just show up out of nowhere. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're telling me the, the story of what you've been through. Let's start there. We're not going to tell your whole story, but let's start there and just talk about why you came back into my life. Well, you know, I was, I was looking for some traction in a relationship and I know that we have known each other for a while and I spoke with Rose Lamb who's kind of like my second mother and uh, she said have you heard about Jay Dan and I said yeah uh, you know we've known each other for ever and he goes he started a ministry called Forgiven Felons and I said really and um, she talked about how you guys were meeting at church and how the ministry was expanding and she said you really need to get in contact with him again and I, I really and what, and what year was that 2012 uh, that was probably about right. Yeah. Okay. 
And so I'll never forget, you know, when I came back to Trinity, it was, it was great. And then, and then getting to meet you, uh, you know, was no accident. You know, when I called you and trying to find a job and you, you, you told me how to, you know, start out with some temp agencies, which I kind of got back into what I do as far as, uh, phone work and appointment setting. Okay. So the reason you were there and the, and what you were going through was because you went through a divorce, right? Right. Okay. Um, and that was pretty hectic, right? That divorce, tell us what happened. How did that divorce, that last divorce that led to all the crap you went through? You know, hectic probably doesn't, doesn't really. Right. Exactly. State, I mean, so, was, cause you came home one day, right? Yeah. And what was, tell us what happened. Well, uh, you know, um, basically, I don't know how else to put it. There's almost like hell on earth. And I walk, I walk back in and, uh, to the house. First of all, one of, one of, um, Christina's friends was there and was trying to keep me from going into the house, which I thought was strange, you know? So I got the key and walked in and everything was gone except for just a few things. And, um, so they left you, your, yeah. your, your ex-wife and your daughter. Yeah. They, right? they moved out, they took her and okay. they, they moved out while I was at work. Okay. So and, caught you off guard. Yeah. And then, and then what happened after that? You know, after that, obviously, my I was in a you know crash and spin mode, um, almost to the point to where I remember going to the grocery store that night, uh, trying to get something to eat. I literally walked around the grocery store for an hour without anything in my buggy, and I walked. How devastated out. were you? I mean, were you? What was going through your mind? Um, it was so devastated that I, I, I couldn't think straight. I called one of my friends and he came over and, um, he was actually at a softball tournament and he said, I got to go, you know, when I told him what had happened and, uh, you know, words can't explain what yeah. the feeling is. Yeah. Uh, it's a feeling I would never wish on anybody and I never hope I feel again. And so shortly after that, or I don't know how long after that, when they came to your job, Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, false accusations arose, which even, you know, just really took it to another level. So, uh, so you were blindsided by the, the abandonment. Yeah. And then you were blindsided by the accusations as well. Right. And, uh, and so now I want everybody to know that we're going to get both of your stories, Sheila and my individual testimonies on a later episode. Okay. Uh, but we want to set the tone for like just a little bit of your story. Mm-hmm. Um, what you've been through and how you ended up at Forgiven Felons and Sheila, how you eventually ended up at Forgiven Felons. But, um, you know, Mike, that when you, when you told me everything you went through, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, because I mean, you went through, they accused you of some sex, some sex offenses. Right. And, um, and you had a fight tooth and nail. And if it wasn't for the polygrapher who Mm -hmm. was probably just, you know, doing their job, but, uh, probably God was helping that polygrapher too. Uh, so, you know, cause I know a lot of polygraphers get it wrong. Um, but the polygrapher is eventually what, you know, right. What's interesting is this guy was the state preferred polygrapher. That's yeah. who I wanted to go with. He's usually putting people away. Yeah. He was president of the polygraphers association. Uh, but from the start, he sensed something was different. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, he really fought for me in some cases as far as the way they, they worded the That's questions. Awesome. But, you know, God God has a plan. And, you know, like I've told you, forgiving the felons, the biggest thing to me, even when we made the documentary, is that God's an expert at taking the thing that was meant to destroy you and turning it around and making yeah, it into yeah. a testimony. Yeah. So was that your first marriage? No. Okay. No, it was my second. So now what's going on, just real quick, what's going on in your mind and heart and just, you know, I mean, this is your second second marriage that didn't work out. What What, what was the devil... You know, I know you grew up in church and you were right there with me. Right. The devil had to be all over you, man, as far as, you know, what, what was going on your self-esteem? Well, I went from numbness to bitterness yeah. against everybody, including God. And I didn't understand why it was happening. Um, and I felt out of control and I felt like I trusted God and he had let me down. Yeah. And so it took a while to build my trust back up yeah and it was a journey uh and well you know about that yeah Uh, and um you know going through regeneration and programs and stuff like that it it helped me out a lot yeah that's good yeah i got to see you you know uh walk the journey of of healing through Mm -hmm. all that from all from all that through all that so 
Uh, very, very proud of you and, and proud to call you friend. Sheila, um, how did how, how did you get to this point? I mean, tell us a little bit about your story because I know you did time. Um, I know you heard me preach in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things I know, but I don't know your whole story. We'll get your whole story on a later epide- on a later episode. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in prison, then how you ended up here. So. I did 12 and a half years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And my story was one that it was just, I was just blindsided. I, I didn't see it coming. It, I wasn't making choices that would lead me to prison. Um, I was a stay at home mom. Um, my husband and I, at the time, had fostered 33 children. We had wow. adopted three. And my 33rd foster baby was born full term, born addicted to crack cocaine and mm. had syphilis. Wow. And I was needing assistance from the caseworkers in transportation because it, vehicle problems in my two children being in school and just one thing led to another. And then the transport worker gets the baby to the hospital and they're like, she's starving this baby. Mm. But they didn't ask me about his feeding problems. And that, so that, so it created this whole ball rolling right. that they had this whole story concocted before they asked me one question. And when you're fighting a system that has more money than you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. you only get as much justice as you can afford. And about $80,000 in, I didn't have any more money. Right. So I went to prison. Right. So uh, your sentence was how long? 30 years. 30 years. And you did... 12 and a half. 12. So what, what we determined it was about what year that you heard me preach? 2013. 2013. All right. Okay. So you heard me preach and, um, you, you, you heard me say something that, that caused you to just kind of put that on the shelf and for another day. And then, uh, what was that? What did you hear me say? And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then that, that, cause that caused you to pick up the phone or Facebook or yes. something. And uh, so what did you hear that? So you had came in with Mike Barber Ministries to Lane Murray, and we were having a small group discussion with the Faith Dorm and the Faith Dorm graduates. So it wasn't open to the whole unit, but there was a lady in the audience, and she was asking you, what are you doing for the women? Yeah. And you're like, well, this is what I'm doing for the men, <laughs> and this is what I have in my heart for the future. But she kept pressing you. And again, you would respond, this is what I'm doing, and I hope to get something going. And again, she just pressed you. And your final response was, well, I tell you what, you make parole and you come run the program. And with my background from um, an executive assistant at a nonprofit agency, I said, challenge accepted, J. Dan Gum, (laughs) TDC number, da-da-da-da-da. And literally held on to the piece of paper that I took notes on until the day I came home seven years later, seven years later, because you got out on my birthday in in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it was a message message on Facebook messenger it was. You contacted me and I was excited and I was just like, okay, all right. You know, cause uh, the, the vision for a women's side of our, our ministries has always been there. It's never left. God's never allowed me to let it go. Um, it, with the resource center, it's going to morph into, you know, helping everybody out. So there's going to be women stuff there as far as housing. I don't know when that's going to come about, but I feel like at some point we're going to help women with housing as well. Maybe, maybe not re-entry housing, but more permanent housing. Um, you know, just having them places to live like apartments and stuff. So I, I remember it's really interesting because I remember like thanking God that you got a hold of us. Cause I'm like, okay, and you were really excited about helping as many as any way you could. And then I remember March was our next, uh, we took February off and then March was our next one, but you couldn't come to that one. And then COVID hit and we had to cancel all of them. And I was just like, man, I, was, I remember thinking, I remember thinking Sheila would be perfect for Mike. And, and I was just like, okay. And, and, and I actually started rubbing my hands together <laughs> I started thinking, you know, okay, this is how I'm going to introduce them. You know, COVID, COVID is COVID, but we can't gather, but I, I can find a way to introduce Sheila and Mike. And 
God just said no. And I'm like, why? Don't you, don't you love these people? You know, these two individuals I think would be perfect for each other. What, what do you have against them that you don't want them to meet each other? And he just wanted me to stay out of the way. And it was hard. It was hard because I felt like you guys were supposed to be together. And, but I just, I was obedient, you know, and we had Thanksgiving open house when we opened back up and, you know, I was there, you were there. (laughs) Yeah, you were. I thought, all right, this is going to be the time. (laughs) And God wouldn't let me even introduce you guys because he didn't want me to take any credit for it, you know, and and he, and I can't, I can't other than just being obedient to go into prison to preach. That was it. Y'all didn't meet each other at Thanksgiving and it really ticked me off. Um, and then Christmas rolls around. I don't think y'all met at Christmas time either. No. You're in the same, y'all, we have a duplex and they're in the same duplex and they never met. And it was just blowing my mind how God would just couldn't see what I saw. Everybody even gathered on the patio. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy. And so, um, you know, I was watching, I was watching on face on Facebook one day and I think it was like, uh, early spring, maybe March or somewhere. Uh, no. 2021? No, it was later, it later than in the that. Year? Later it was in the year? like June. Okay. So you, you posted a, a, and I knew you went to one of our Assembly of God, you know, sister churches. I knew, I knew we know some of the same people. And I thought, man, if I could only get Sheila to come to Trinity, that'd be great. You know, well, you made a post, mm-hmm. you know, asking for um, suggestions or recommendations <laughs> for churches that had thriving ministries, single ministries of 40 and over. You were very specific. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I could recommend Trinity for this. And I start texting all my 40 and over because I have a lot of friends that are 40 and over that are single that are part of Trinity, but there's no real group mainly because they're all in the choir. They're all in, you know, they're these, these niche small groups. And, um, I'm like, I don't know that I can successfully recommend it as a, you know, but I'm like, I got to find a way to just recommend Trinity somehow. And I saw somebody on the post say, hey, have you tried Trinity Church? I'm like, there it is. That's my end. That's my end. And I was just like, I made something, a comment like, hey, yeah, that's where I go. You, you should come and sit with me and Jessamy. Because I knew Mike always sat by us. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is a way I can get them two to meet. And um, the first Do you Sunday- know who the person that suggested Trinity was? Uh-uh. Joyce Bogle. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Because I knew I didn't know the person who, who suggested it. But now you do. Now Joyce. I do. Yeah. That's your mentor. Yes. So that's great. That's cool. And uh, so you come, and then the first Sunday, we're not even there. And so, um, and then I was like, okay, all right, well, we'll come the next Sunday. So we come, you sit with us, and you're but sitting. Do you know what, okay, so it's a little bit different of a story. So... I had went to Trinity on Joyce's recommendation. I did not know that y'all went there. However, I had seen you post a picture of the guys at the Man Up conference mm-hmm. that I saw advertised the week I was at church. And I was like, I was just at Trinity. And that's how we figured out, that's how I figured out that that's how y'all were connected to Trinity. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because of a post you and the guy shared. Gotcha. So. And then you're like, hey, come sit with us. Yeah, there you go. And and so you come sit with us. I'm thinking, man, this is perfect because Mike sits on the right side of me. Uh, Sheila sits on the left side of Jessamy. I'm like, they're like six feet apart from each other, you know, to what, what we now know is the social distancing. Uh, distance <laughs> yeah, <side. right. laughs> and I'm like, okay, God. Surely it's okay to introduce them. And he said, no. I thought, man, that's going to be rude if I don't introduce them. So that first Sunday, I don't even think y'all, y'all met that first Sunday Mm -mm. you were there. Mm -mm. And I'm like, ah, this is okay. God, I don't know if I'm hearing you right. I don't know if this is what I'm (laughs) supposed to do. What do I do? And, um, uh, and then the next week I come into church and because you're running late. Yes. I'm running late, (laughs) running late. I come into church, and as soon as I walk in the door, I see y'all talking. Now, one thing people have to know, I've known you long enough. There's two There's two ways that J-Dan walks. He always walks with a purpose, so he doesn't walk slow. And when he gets excited, he'll bounce a little bit. But <laughs> but he was walking with a purpose, so keep that in mind. This was not like a slow walk. 
<laughs> Go ahead and finish yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And uh, and as soon as I saw it, I got excited, so I kind of had a little pep in my step. <laughs> yeah. But then I immediately like did a U-turn and ter- did a hard left and did a U-turn like because I didn't want. I there was a reason I knew I'm a smart guy. I knew there was a reason God didn't want me in the initial process because I didn't want to mess anything up. He didn't want me messing anything up because I could talk and I could talk long enough to mess everything up, you know? And so I just turned around and walked away and I'm like, all right, all right, cool. And it was that, that Sunday afternoon, um, when Sheila, you text me. I did. And, and, um, I need to interject something here. Yeah. Go to to add some context to this. So what we were talking about was a Stephen Furtick sermon, which Stephen Furtick's now my favorite, you know, TV a, pastor. Yeah, yeah. But we had, this is probably about the seventh time we had seen this. Uh, uh, the sermon. Fr- yeah, yeah, the fr- frame game. Yeah, The frame game. And so, you know, Sheila and I had discussed about God giving us perspective and how it works like a frame. And uh, so that's, that's a conversation that took place. Later on, and I'm kind of moving up later on down the road, just for context, um, I had the frame still that you'd given us about six years before yeah yeah we'll get to that we'll get to okay. that yeah okay i'll yeah. slow down yeah, yeah i'll slow my row so how did y'all but how did y'all i don't think i've ever asked y'all this how did y'all actually start talking like who introduced because i mean you're you're there to sit by jessamy you're there because that's where we're normally sitting so how did y'all was there an awkward you know stare down or was it like a, hey i know no. you or do i have i met you what no i remember? just remember that's where we kind of sat the week before. And so I walked up and I said, Hey, are you part of Forgiven Felons? JDN's running a little late. You're supposed to be saving me a seat. And he's like, Yeah, 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 right here. And he jumped up out of the seat and he's like, You didn't sit right here. And um, I mean, just that's great. That's, that's how great. it really started. And yeah. so now, what was, what was really going through your mind, Sheila, when you text me later that day? And you wanted to, you, you couldn't remember the name of the sermon or the name of the preacher or whatever. And so you were asking me to ask Mike. Right. And then me tell you what Mike said. What was really going through your mind, though? Was, were, you really, were you really just trying to, I don't know, get more of a connection? Or, I mean, obviously you want to know the name of the sermon and all that. I get that. But were no. you already at that point? Did you look at it? I mean, were you thinking anything Anything no. about Mike at that point? No, because even a couple of weeks before that, I had sat in the living room with my mom and one of my friends and had said, I don't know that I ever want to get married again. Wow. I wasn't, I had just come out like, so this is in the middle of June in late May. I had just come out of a relationship that was really just devastating and just, there was lots of abuse there. And so I was still picking up the pieces, but honestly, I had even talked to you and said how much I was lacking connection. And because of the lack of connection, I knew I was making bad relationship choices. You know, those are all things that I shared with you. And um, in our conversation that day, talking about putting things into perspective and using the frame, I mean, that really just resonated. And I was like, this is, I, I need to hear this message because, um, I, I think I was just in such a place of desperation yeah. that I needed connection. I wow. needed an answer. I needed I needed to be pointed on the right road because I was just bumbling around. Yeah. And it, that's why I had spent some time. I, w- I was still real new to technology. Um, hadn't really used. What was it? TikTok. TikTok whatever um youtube whatever i was supposed to be finding it on there and i'm just like this is not working for me and so i reached out to you and i'm like hey how do i find this and your immediate response was we'll call michael yeah yeah, because i didn't i didn't know i didn't know which sermon i had a feeling it was furtick but i didn't know which sermon uh and so while you're texting me back and forth um I'm, i'm already texting him saying hey can i give sheila your number you know, and, and he said, of course. And, um, and you know, and then that's when I said, hey, why don't you just ask him? I, I, I'll give you his number. And you're like, well, if it's okay with him, I'm like, yeah, it is. So, um, and so that was neat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that conversation went, but it was. It was a, like three hours long. It was. Yeah, pretty, it was. It was. <laughs> it was a, a long pretty time. long conversation. Yeah. But I remember getting a text from Mike, you know, uh, later. He's like, uh, me and Sheila have been talking and texting for the past couple hours or more. And I'm like, okay, 
All right. All right. Here it is. <laughs> and then, um, you know, so Mike, what's going through your, your point, your mind at this point, because, you know, I mean, are you thinking anything about a relationship? I mean, you, you just had a, a meeting with her. You just met her that morning. Mm-hmm. And then now you just had a two to three hour conversation with her. What's going on in your head after everything you've been through relationally? Well, I mean, part of it was, I like the reason she was calling me because she was trying to spiritually improve herself, but that just wasn't it. Uh, you know, I thought she was just very attractive and, uh, and the more we talked, the more I felt like we were just, you know, building an interest. And that week, I guess before we went out, we probably talked about what, 16 hours on the phone, something like that before we ever went out once. Yeah, no. And and I, and I, and I know that because, uh, I think in the middle of the week, in the middle of those 16 hours, <laughs> I get a call from Sheila. And, yes. and I don't know if, if she knew the extent of our relationship because right. she was asking me questions like, you know, is this guy on the up and up? That's the first one she said. I got to know, is this, is this Mike guy on the up and up? And, uh, and, and, you know, because she admitted she's had some bad, made some bad choices relationally. And, you know, and so... Uh, it was obvious that she was enjoying the time spent with you on the phone. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, he's a little, a little, a slightly above up and up, whatever's above up and up. That's what Mike is. And I got to share what you meant to us, yeah. me and the family. And, and, uh, you know, in my mind I was thinking, okay, God, I don't want to screw this up. I don't, I don't want to like, you know, but I need her to know how special you are to me and how much of a, an awesome person you are to me and Jessamy. And, uh, and I hope I, I hope I, you know, conveyed that clear enough to you on that first, you know, um, but it was neat. Number one, that showed me that you thought enough about Mike to ask somebody in your life. And I hadn't been in your life that long or even, you know, like a mentor type person, but you knew that I knew Mike and that, that told me a lot about you because you were willing to ask somebody else, you know, is this guy, is this guy, you know, an okay guy. And so that told me a lot more about you. And I loved it. I love that about you, that you were willing to ask, ask questions. Well, and one of the things that I have shared with Michael since that, because I had that conversation with you on Thursday night. And I think I even said to you, um, I know it puts you in an awkward position because I am asking about your friend, but I have a date to cancel if this <laughs> this conversation doesn't go well. And um, what I knew about myself is that I wasn't making good relationship choices and I needed somebody to guard my heart. Yeah. And I, I kind of called you for that and because I knew if somebody was going to tell me yes or no, it was going to be you. And that's just because I needed to take a step back and I knew doing it in my own strength was, had already failed me and caused a lot of hurt. And, um, you know, so thank you for guarding my heart. You didn't even know that that's, that was the intent of my call. Yeah. That's so good. That's important. You know, Mike, Mike did that too, um, in, in, in several instances where he was either planning on going out with a, a lady he'd met, met or, or in, in couple, I think that they did go out once or twice or whatever. He would always call me and go, all right, here's, here's the deal. Here's what she's like. Here's what she does. Here's what she doesn't do. Here's, you know, and, and not knowing the person, you know, I could never really say yes or no, but I would just always, um, give as much advice as possible, you know, and then in some, he would learn some things as they had more conversations and he would share with me. I'm like, Oh, that may be a red flag, you know? And, um, and, but Mike always followed the advice of somebody who, you know, considered a mentor and, and I'm glad you did, you know? Um, and, uh, and I know you got a, a great mentor in your life as well. And, uh, so I'm, I, I'm just excited about this. Okay. So at some point, you know, you guys decided to get a little more serious, you know, um, I was concerned at one point and and I didn't talk to you as much as I did about Mike, but you know, he didn't go to prison. You did. Um, and I know the struggles that me and Jessamy had, even though God, it was a God ordained relationship with us. 
there was some there was some struggles along the way for her understanding my perspective on anything and me understanding her, you know, little goody two shoes, naive perspective on everything. Cause she's never been in trouble before. And, you know, so talk about if there was, if there was any, some, some relational obstacles or challenges at the beginning and how you overcame them, you know, if you're comfortable talking about any of them, because we all come with baggage. Yeah. yeah, and this is one of the things I told him one time. We all come with baggage, and when you come into a relationship, you're dragging your suitcase behind you, both of you. You know, mm-hmm. both of us. You know, dra- and at some point, those suitcases have to be opened. Yeah, <laughs> and you, and we have to show each other what's in it. You know, and sometimes that can be deal breakers for people, and they'll walk away from from something. And um, you know, and so I don't know how that was for y'all. I don't know if there were some struggles at first, but. You know, if you feel comfortable sharing sharing those and how you got through them and, and overcame them and, and to the to the point where you are now, where you're engaged and, you know, ready to live happily ever after. You know, one thing to add some context to the, the early struggles that we had is that, remember, you had me list some things that I was looking for, you know, and I did in a godly you, wife. Because you were, I, I did that to give context to that. You were trying. You were thinking about dating somebody, mm-hmm. and um, and I said, I said before you jump into this, I want you to write down several things, at least six things you want yeah. in a in a woman. Yeah. And um, and I didn't even try to talk you out of of dating who you were trying to or thinking about dating. Didn't even talk you out of it. I just said write these things down. I think you called me up. Yeah. And said, I can't date this person because they don't match anything on this list. Right. And then all of a sudden later on, yeah, now you have a list and and then now you have somebody to match that list up to and have that work. I'm I'm sitting there just checking the boxes and, and then what, what happened was, you know, I really hadn't seriously dated for about 15 years and I was, you know, praying that possibly God would bring, you know, a great lady into my life. And he did. And so what I did was, I went, I went from like first gear to fifth. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, I made the, I made the full court press and it was like a man to man full court press. And, and so I was like, Oh, here it is. You know? And so, um, I found myself trying to almost make things happen and trying to express myself and try and not so much express myself, but trying to almost put myself out there and almost try to, Almost like a, almost like a, like a sales pitch, but it was pretty close to. Here's why, you know. Well, if you it take, was a sales pitch. If you, <laughs> if you take what you do for a living, yeah, that's true. That's what I and do. And combine it with what you've been through in the past. Mm-hmm. You've been through abandonment, mm-hmm. uh, and then and and what you do for a living is you you do you try to get people to buy into something, and and you put that into a relationship. Now you're trying to overcompensate for you don't want to be. Right. abandoned again so you're going to do whatever you can to sell this person on you yeah and uh and sometimes that can backfire yeah and, it can uh, and, and it almost it almost did uh it was you know it was the grace of god um and you know and that, and that's something you had to figure out yes uh Sheila, what, what about you from your perspective? Yeah, from I, I purposely let him go first because I think I had the most struggles in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I was coming out of a relationship, so I wasn't looking for a relationship. And then here's this one that's falling in my lap. And JDN, our first date, the only thing it didn't have was a marriage proposal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I mean, it was. So it he was rolled out the over, red carpet, huh? It was yeah. so overwhelming. Um, but I kept coming back Yeah. and because obviously there was something there and I didn't want to be quick to throw it away. And I knew that I was struggling and, um, you put up walls. Oh, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, and why did you put up, why did you have to put up walls because of what you've been through? Well, because I had been through my own relationship struggles. I'd been abandoned in my marriage I'd been deeply hurt and lied to and told one thing and they did something else. And I just felt like I used the word sales pitch with him. Mm -hmm. 
because I felt like it was very transactional. And just be you don't try to convince me to like you and and it was a struggle and it, it was a struggle for a long time um because for somebody like you who who've been through hurtful relationships probably some uh, uh verbal abuse uh and you said told things that you know never happened or whatever you know and so you know how do you know this one's going to work out how do you right. know this one's telling the truth you know and, and when it sounds pitchy and sounds sales pitchy mm-hmm. Along with what you've been through, I can imagine that was that was hard to to try to navigate. You yeah. Know? And so at some point, you both figured it out. You know, I mean, it's not over. The journey's not over. You're still going to have some crap in, your, in oh. your future marriage and all that. But you've got you got through some some really hard times at, at, at the beginning. And um, let me tell you where we where we figured it out. Um, I guess this is probably a free ad, but Matitos is one of our favorite restaurants. Yeah. Because we did a lot of stuff there, and I, I remember we, uh, you know, we figured it out when we were having a conversation, and it was just a mixture of God and Sheila working together, and she showed me something in myself that I'd never seen before, and that is that I came from a very, very performance-based family and performance-based relationships, and my my life had been based on performance based. And so I began to see that's the reason I was doing all of this. And I'll never forget. I had like a, I don't know if it, it wasn't a vision, but I saw this big white canvas in front of me and just, there were two letters in red that were in the middle of the canvas and it was us, us. And Sheila, said something to me that still sticks with me to this day. And she said, uh, she said, Michael, you're trying to earn what's already there. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that the performance-based mentality just began to crumble for the first time in my life. Yeah. And it still took some time because you can't take a, a, a lifetime of thought process and correct it right. in, in a, in a, you know, in a week, but right. over time that started the process. And, um, I'll never forget one night, August the 11th. Um, we're, we're sitting out on a patio and we had watched this movie where it was about two guys that were, that were spies and they were competing over a a girl that they promised they wouldn't compete over. And so at the end, the girl's trying to make a decision. And I love that movie, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) And, 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 And she said, uh, she said, uh, which one should I choose? And she said, well, choose the one that makes you better. And so I'm sitting out there on the, on the patio and she goes, I'll be right back. And little did, little did I know in about the next two minutes, my life was just going to change. Uh, because Sheila is, is very thoughtful about what she says. She's not going to say something unless she means it. And um, she brings out this wooden plaque that had engraved on it, you make me better. And on the back of it, she wrote in permanent marker, I love you, Michael, Sheila, and dated it. My life changed, you know, that night. And it it just took another step of getting past the performance-based relationships. And um, so it's it's, it's hard to get out of that performance-based mentality. Yeah. But, you know, God, God had a plan, you know, and he used Sheila and he used his grace and giving Sheila the grace to put up with me until yeah. I've realized I don't need, and, and I still have to watch it because that, that stuff can still try to creep back up oh, into yeah. you. It doesn't have a hold on me like it did, but it still will come around every now and then. Yeah. Going, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to dominate the. No, that's fine. <laughs> you, you, you got anything you want to add to that? No. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's just been a lot of going back to the starting line and going back to the starting line and, because I realized what would happen in the cycle is he would draw me in and then push me, I would push away 
and then he would draw me in and I would push away because he would begin to overwhelm me with the things that he was saying, with like just short of the marriage proposal, the I love yous, and I'm just, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't even for sure that this is what, I, I wasn't for sure that I wanted a relationship. Yeah, so at that point, you know, I mean, how what was going on in, in your spiritual mind and, you know, what was God trying to show you and teach you through all that? Well, on the spiritual side of things, I was so desperate for connection. You know, getting out right before COVID, January of 20, um, by March of 20, the churches were shut down. I wasn't working yet. And so um, I was very isolated in my existence. And then I started working. Well, that was my only out. And um, I just felt like because of the lack of connection, I needed more. Right. And that's how I ended up connecting with forgiven felons and the guys in the house and going to the, the Sunday meetings. And so I was finding stability in my spiritual life, which was then also impacting my personal life right. because Michael is connected with forgiven felons. And so like there was just a whole sense of healing and coming together for me during this time. So it wasn't just one aspect of my life that was being affected. If it, it was multiple um, parts of my life right. that was just getting healed yeah, and so good. connected on different levels because I needed people to understand the prison side of me because it had been a part of me that I hadn't been able to talk to since I'd been home and I was going crazy because it's, unless you've been there, you just don't know. Right. Yeah, that's good. So, um, one night you decided to propose to her. Yeah. We had the conversation. I'll, I'll never forget the conversation. And I, I told her, I said, you know, you know, I, where did you propose? Oh, right outside in, on, on the, the patio. On the that's patio, where on the, the patio of the pack porch. Now, now tell, tell us why that's significant. Well, there were several times, you know, God has done a lot of things in our lives that seems to show that he's smiling on our relationship. Like one night, I, I love to write poetry. I haven't written poetry in 15 years. And I was sitting out there and we were talking about, you know, you don't see fireflies anymore. And uh, and so we used to catch fireflies, put them into jars and such and watch them glow. And so we were talking about how romantic fireflies were. and We wish that they were still around. And all of a sudden, this big old group of fireflies just appear. Wow. And there's a full moon out. And I said, oh, how romantic. And we were talking about how God was smiling on us. And yeah. God told me it's time to start writing poetry. And I wrote my first poetry, uh, Full Moon and Fireflies. And, um, wow. And, uh, Can we get a copy of that and post it on the, on yeah. the show page? Absolutely. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, and so I, um, you know, we, we, started, we started going from there. And there were so many great things that happened out there on uh, on the patio that I finally decided this is where I want to, to propose. Yeah. And I told her, you know, I'd like to spend the rest of my life with you. And she told me one thing. And of course, you know, me, I was in second gear. And when she said this, you can guess which gear it went into. <laughs> and she said, well, Michael, that's up to you. And so the clutch was popped and the gears were set. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm trying to, you know, figure out the process uh, the ring sizes and all that stuff. And so, um, and I remember, you know, proposing to her out there. It was, it was during the day yeah. and, uh, and, you know, I told her how I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her and such. And I started reaching <laughs> towards my pocket. She goes, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And, 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 but, but she's, it wasn't excited. It wasn't like a, yeah. and so when I pulled the ring out and I, I proposed to her, it was, it was incredible. Yeah, it's been, you, and and I remember uh, having conversations with you about it. You know, like what do you think? Where should I do it? Because I know, yeah, y'all had some pretty uh, Chewy's the same table at Chewy's, was it? Yes, because you had your I'll first look. you had your first date at Chewy's, and mm -hmm. then you went back and a few like more two times. weeks later, yeah. and we they at the sat us table. at the exact same table, table forty four. Wow, which is crowded as Chewy's is on a Saturday, the odds of that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to expand on that second date at Chewy's because it was two or three weeks after our initial date. 
And I knew that I was going in to have a conversation. And little did I know that God would orchestrate seating us at the same table (laughs) because my place was my intent in the conversation where I feel like God just gave me his thumbprint stamp of approval was if we're going to continue to see each other and we're going to continue to have these long conversations at night, then I want to be in to pursue a committed relationship, not just randomly date. And I knew I, that was my heart intent in going into the restaurant and then to be seated at the same table. I was so taken back. I mean, I think Michael recognized that I was, just a little stunned for words, but because I knew the significance of that for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that wouldn't have happened probably on the border. Right. Which is, which is where he, that's true. which is Go where ahead. he was planning Go on ahead, taking Jay, you it's on, true. The, on that true. first, he's like, I'm gonna take her to on the border. I'm like, really? Does she love on the border? He's like, I don't think she's ever been. I'm like, have you been to on the border? Do you love on the border? I'm like, does she love Mexican food? And he's like, yeah. Oh, yeah sure. I'm like, well, then let me upgrade your date right now. <laughs> this is probably why God didn't want me intervening from the very beginning, because he knows I'm just going to like suggest all these things. But I said, if she likes Mexican, take her to Chewy's. And, uh, and so uh, the green avocado ranch, the avocado <laughs> ranch is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I knew that, that that would give you some points. And so, um, all right. So you're, so you're engaged. When's the date? October 3rd. October 3rd. Now, does that does that date have any kind of special, uh, you know, correlation in your life? It does. Um, so, one, Michael proposed on October 3rd. But more than that, he didn't realize that that was the date that my parents also got married. Oh, wow. That is so great. Yeah. That is so great. And I proposed to Jesse on October 5th. I got you. So, so October is a good uh, month all the way around. That was his birthday. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So that first week of October is something special. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you guys got the venue planned yet? Any, anywhere you got? No. Nope. We're working on it. Yet? Nope. What? You better Honeymoon's start now. booked. Honeymoon's booked. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that was an incredible that, gift. That uh, is incredible. I mean, yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. Cosmel, Mexico. Wow. Yeah. It's a cruise. A cruise. Wow, and wow, wow. I've never been on a cruise before, so it's going to be... So I'm a felon with the passport. Let's yeah. just say that. There you go. I just did, got my how, passport in how, the mail. How did that happen? It, just applied. To, it's not supposed it's to happen. It's not supposed to, right? Not supposed to. I, we no could, hiccups at we all. We could not go where we wanted to go for our honeymoon because I was not off parole yet. Yeah. So I was not going to be able to, you know, I, I wasn't going to be able to do it. So... Um, all right. So this, this podcast goes into prisons and jails everywhere. You know, there's, there's other people out there in prison, out of prison that are in y'all same positions, had some bad relationships, bad marriages, just wondering if, if, if I'm ever going to get married again or have made a, you know, resolve to never get married again, you know, um, you know, and, and what, what kind of hope would you give them? You know, uh, she start with you. What kind of hope would you, I mean, you know, I mean, my own wife never did time. But she, she was, you know, wondering if at 27, if, if anybody was ever going to come into her life. And, you know, and so um, what would you say to people that are out there just wondering, okay, you know, am I just prone to bad relationships? Is this going to be my life? Am I going to be single the rest of my life? Um, but give some hope to people out there that might be in the same position you were a year ago two years ago, three years ago. I mean, I know Mike, Mike at some point just, he said, I don't think I'm, I'm just not ever going to get married again. He said that he said those words to me and it's three years ago, four years ago, yeah. we were in a restaurant and I, I just, he reminded me of this when y'all started getting serious. He said, Jane, you, you prophesied, you said that God was going to bring a woman into, into my life that loved, you know, the ministry pursued me. And, you know, and I mean, and I couldn't believe it. I, I remember the conversation, but you know, and it was scary saying that because I didn't know, I didn't know if, if it was going to happen, but I just felt like God told me to say that to him at the time. But, uh, give some hope to these people that are wondering, you know, if it's ever going to happen for them. Well, I mean, my hope is that I spent 22 years married and then spent about seven years single. Um, and 
was making bad relationship choices. But I think first and foremost, that we have to give ourselves grace and mercy. Yeah. And we have to recognize when we're making bad choices and stop settling. So good. Stop settling. Why do we settle? Because we get tired of the waiting. So your message is to don't don't, don't settle. settle. Just wait. Because you get what you settle for. And in the end, waiting's gonna always be better. Yeah. There was a saying when I was facing my charges, and I never understood the depth that this quote would come to mean to me until I started walking it out. And it said, when I don't understand his plan, I can trust his heart. So good. And that just has to become your heartbeat and just walk it out every day. That's good. Mike? Well, I think you you have to learn to know what you want. I remember you told me one time, we're making this list, and you told me, Michael, understand that God knows everything you're putting on this list, all six points. And he said, this list isn't for God. It's just so that you can recognize this lady when she comes into your life. And throughout the seven years I was at Forgiven Felons, you kept telling me, look, he's, he's getting you ready. You're not ready now, but he's working on things. And I, I want to tell people this. Understand the law of reciprocity doesn't just work with money. If you're looking for a relationship, start sowing into people's lives. Yeah. You know, and for seven years when I did it for, for Forgiven Felons, I wasn't doing that just to find my future wife like I had. Right. But I looked back and noticed that someone, you know, you know, helped yeah. that out. And, and you know, um, when you find the right person, um, God will reveal that to you. And he'll, 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 he'll reveal things to them. Yeah. And, and when you start growing together spiritually, that's important. And um, I remember... One time when I was praying, I told God, I said, look, if you ever, if you ever, you know, purpose for me to get married again, I do know this, that, that I will treat her as a treasure Hmm. and not as a possession. And, and I think I talked to a lot of guys that were going through relationships and I got frustrated. Remember I told you, I said, look, you know, frankly, I'm tired of this. Jaden, I don't want to have any more conversations about relationships. You handle it. Because I'm just getting frustrated. And you told me to wait. You said, God's working on you. But through that, I began to learn things. And I still have a lot to learn. Uh, but, you know, God has given me, I think, the best gift outside of salvation. Amen. Amen. So. I agree. She's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm so happy for you guys. Jessamy and I just love you all to death. And we're so glad that, you know, you're going to be a part of our lives forever. And uh, we can't wait to, to be at the wedding and, uh, and just be a part of that special day. You're going to be the best man, so you better be there. All right, I will. I'll wear my Steeler jersey. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so happy Valentine's Day. Y'all got plans? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Surprised? You don't want me to say anything? You know you what's funny? You, you know, you met, you met Georgia. Yeah. Or in Georgia, I call her my Sheila Whisper. Yeah. <laughs> so that when I, when I need to know things, you know, uh, choosing a gift or, you know, so I, w- I found a Valentine's card that I really liked. Oh, this is great. And I was reading another one. So, oh, this one's good too. So I bought <laughs> both of them. That's perfect. <laughs> and so then, and so Georgia helped me pick out the one. But yeah, yeah, we, we've made plans and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time I've celebrated Valentine's in 15 years. Wow. And uh, I used to not like Valentine's Day. Yeah. But now I love it. Awesome. Well, happy Valentine's Day to Thank you, you guys. So glad y'all are Valentine's this year. And, uh, and, and we love y'all. And thank y'all for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Looking forward to the episode where y'all share your own personal story. Can't wait for that. We're going to get that on later this year. Absolutely. Right? Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay. So. Happy Valentine's Day. Listen, uh, to those of you who are in relationships uh, and have stayed in those relationships, married or dating while you're in prison, first of all, I want to say congratulations because I know in the three years I was incarcerated, a lot of people got divorced, broke up, and their relationship got severed because of it. So if you're in a relationship in spite of your incarceration, 
Uh, or if you get married, I, Reggie and Michelle on episode of whatever it was, nine, they got married while he was incarcerated and they're still together, you know, and he's made parole. So if you are in a relationship and you stick with it through incarceration, God bless you. And um, way to go. That shows some strength and um, the ability to work, work things out together. So kudos to you guys. But listen, if you're not married or in a relationship and you're incarcerated and you just wonder, you know, man, uh, what, am I going to, am I ever going to be married? Is anybody ever going to be okay with my background? Um, and I know, believe me, I went through all that stuff. I was, I was in prison and I prayed, I was about to pray to God and commit to being a single man the rest of my life. That's how serious I was about not letting relationships hinder my ability to do the things God called me to do. But God said, no, I got somebody special for you. And she was, she's been amazing. Her name is Jessamy and she's just incredible. But I know a lot of people, you know, outside of where am I going to live? How, where am I going to work? Most of the, at least the, from the guy's standpoint is, you know, when I'm going to get married, you know, and being a transitional house director, you know, we, we see that all the time. We see people, men get out and struggle with, with, you know, trying to find that right woman right out the gate, right out the gate, you know? And I would say most of the time, the ones they, they end up with right out the gate aren't, aren't the right ones unless it was just a supernatural or ordaining moment, divine moment like mine. I know Brian Dupour, I know some other people, but most of the time we get impatient and we just, and we scoop, we try to scoop up the wrong one. Uh, we try to scoop up the right one, but because we're not waiting and we're not listening to God and we don't have things written down to, to line them up with. That's one of the things that uh, I encourage you, whether you're a woman or a man, write stuff down. What, what do you think God wants you to have in a relationship with the opposite sex? Write them down. That way, when that person comes into your life, you recognize it and you see it. And you're like, oh, okay, this is God because it checks all these boxes. And that's one of the things Mike uh, had Mike do, you know. He didn't do it for several years, but he finally did it. And the next thing you know, the person walks into his life that checks all the boxes. And so write things down, write things down. But don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on that verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay. You know, we like to focus on him giving the desires of our heart to us, but we forget that we, we have to delight in the Lord. Meditate on his word day and night. Are, are we following his examples? Are we following his biblical principles? Are we, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Because if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then we're going to go for the wrong woman. Satan has a woman or a man planned for you. Did you know that? Satan has a man and a woman. He's got lined up, planned to sabotage the person, your pursuit of the person God has for you. And, and he's going to do whatever he can to put the wrong person in your life, disguise them as the person that God has for you, just to keep the real person God has for you away from you. So, and only you can figure out your way of making sure you do that the right way. But make a list, make a list and don't give up. Don't give up, you know, uh, lean into God. Both Mike and Sheila, both, they lean into God more. They talk to their mentors more. They ran every relationship by their mentor, you know? And if you're not running your relationships by your mentor, then you don't have a mentor that, or you're not utilizing the mentor the right way. You, you should, you know, and, but, um, but I believe, I believe that you can, you can do this. February is a month where a lot of people just kind of get bitter because they don't have somebody. Listen, greater love hath no man than um, one lay down to lay down his life for a friend. And that's what Jesus did for you. Whether you're a man or woman, Jesus laid down his life for you. It's the, you know, what we call the love month, February. And um, Jesus loved, loves you more than anybody. You know, call him our Valentine. You can put whatever, Savior, Christ, but he, he died for you. And there's no greater love from a man or a woman that is going to come your way than what Christ did for you. So if you're in a relationship, cherish it. If you're still waiting 
for that right one, don't, don't settle. Sheila said, don't settle. Don't settle. Wait. Wait for the right one. And when you, when you do settle, acknowledge it, own it, and just say, you know what? I was in a hurry. I, this is, I know this ain't the right one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again and just be patient and, be, and wait. But I, I want to say happy Valentine's to, to the love of my life, Jessamy. Uh, I know we're not there yet, but I love you. You're the greatest Valentine ever. And uh, to my other little Valentines, Jessa and Gemma, happy Valentine's Day, girl. I'll be your Valentine until you get one later in life. So, uh, but listen, uh, all of you out there, have a, um, have a good day. Have a good month. We're going to, I think our next interview is going to, we're, we're going to talk some interviews about Black History Month and um, why it's uh, important and okay to uh, discuss black history as it relates to our, our nation. And, um, but we're going to, it's going to be a good month. All right. So I can't wait to do some more interviews. Let's pray for Mike and Sheila before we, we say goodbye to this episode. Father in Jesus name, we thank you for Mike and Sheila. We thank you how you brought them together. I thank you, Lord, that even my small part of just being obedient and going into prison to speak when asked, thank you, Lord, for, for Mike and Sheila. We pray that you open doors that no man can shut. You, we pray that you allow them to serve you in a way that uh, they've never known before. We ask you to take their relationship to, a, to an intimate place with you. And then when they get married October 3rd, let them experience the, the best intimacy either one of them has ever known. We thank you, Lord, that they, that they didn't give up. We thank you, Lord, that they didn't settle. We thank you, Lord, that you are molding and shaping them into a kingdom power couple. And I ask, Lord, that you give them the desires of their heart as they delight in you and delight in each other. Thank you, Lord, for Mike and Sheila. They're my friends. Bless them dearly. And Lord, we lift up everybody listening. We pray that you just give them what they need for this month, the love month. If they're in a relationship, Lord, bless their marriage, bless their relationship. If they're not, Lord, let them know that you love them. You're their Valentine. You love them more than anybody, and you gave your life for them. Lord, we thank you. We pray for everyone incarcerated, everyone not incarcerated that's listening. We pray for people that are struggling in addiction. We pray for people that are struggling with finances, uh, people that need a healing. Lord, I pray that you touch them in their body right now, wherever they are. Heal that, that headache. Heal that backache. Heal that, those ankle issues. Heal those nightmares in Jesus' name. No more nightmares. Lord, I thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your delivering power, your freedom, and your salvation. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. Thank you for our background. Thank you for being a part of our background. Thank you for allowing us to have the confidence in you to know that we can move forward no matter what's in our background. We love you, Lord. Bless everybody listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.